Hello and welcome to Apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say. This week, we're going to talk about the T Earl Grey Classic by Fordham and Mason, the podcast, Dear Hank and John, the book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins, and we'll end the show as we always do, talking about things we can't let go of this week, which for Megan is returning to the office, and for Shosh is paper cutting. So what do you think of this Earl Grey classic? <laughs> I always love a good Earl Grey. I don't, I mean, maybe my taste buds aren't refined enough to tell the difference really between multi, you know, different brands of the same tea. So I can't tell you that there's anything that I think is special about the Fordham and Mason um, Earl Grey, but I in general really enjoy Earl Grey. And so I enjoy this tea. Same. Yeah, I would have to do like, I don't know, like a tasting, like we'd have to make each individual cup of the different types of Earl Grey and then like sip them like a tasting and see if I actually was able to tell a difference or if I'm just like, yep, black tea. They're the same. Yep. It's Earl Grey. Black tea. (laughs) That would be interesting because I've never done that. Maybe that's why I can't really tell the difference between them. That's really smart because I've never tried them you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. it's always just a singular cup of Earl Grey. And so, you know, it doesn't stand out as something different. Right. That would be an interesting experiment. Maybe we'll have we to might do have one to of these shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, hmm, something idea. to think about. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, but we've talked about Shall... Fordham and Mason before. They're a great company, as far as we know. Um, they're color is mint green so i love all of their photos i don't it's know it's color say. yeah yep we like fordham mason tea so this just is another another good one from them yep so the podcast we're going to talk about this week is dear hank and john or this- as john likes to say <laughs> dear, dear john, john and hank, hank. <laughs> <laughs> This is one uh, newer podcast in the sense of it when it came into the lives of Shosh and Megan. <laughs> uh, I think I've only been listening to it maybe a month, six weeks. What do you think? I don't remember exactly, but it is definitely recent because I'm pretty sure I found out about it when I was reading the blurb for John Green's new book, The Anthropocene Review. And in it, he said that they were podcasters. Like, And I was like, what? So then I looked it up and I listened to whatever the most recent episode was at the time. And I was dying and I said, Megan, John Green and his brother Hank Green have a podcast and it's so good. You have to listen. And now we love it. Mm-hmm. It's part of the cycle now. Try not to miss it. Yeah, so this is a weekly podcast done, as we just said, by John and Hank Green. So both are authors. So you've probably heard their name around, I would assume, even if you haven't read any of their books. And so they're two brothers and they do this weekly podcast and they basically just answer questions from you know, fans of the podcast, but they're hilarious. They have such good banter. They're so funny. They're so dumb. They laugh at each other. They go crazy. They talk about literally everything and anything. And it's just so good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you may also know their names. They have a YouTube channel called Crash Course. And so they you can ask them pretty much any question because they have done essentially a basic video on history, psychology, philosophy, pretty much anything that any class you would take for your freshman and sophomore year of college. Uh, and I use their videos in my psychology classes particularly. Um, and so they kind of have their own like special areas of expertise, but then together it's like they're, they pretty much know everything. Um, and then of course, what they don't know, they're happy to do a little research on. I love when their research like overlaps and you see like which details John pulls out and which details Hank focused on. I love it. Or when they try to like guess or make up stories. That's always funny too. <laughs> well, and dangerous because I'm like, oh yeah, I totally believe you, John. Until he goes, ha just kidding. I'm like, <laughs> wait. <laughs> but I have to say though, I think my favorite thing about this is that it actually makes me laugh out loud. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying other podcasts aren't funny because you can be listening to something and you can like, you know, laugh a little to yourself, like chuckle or, you know, think, oh, that's funny. But when this one is on, I often will actually laugh out loud. The first time I ever listened to an episode, I put it on right after I'd found it. And I was making dinner and Amir came downstairs and I was laughing out loud. And he's like, what is going on in here? And I was like, I'm listening to this new podcast. And he's like, you're so weird. But then he started helping me make dinner and he was listening to it. And then he was laughing also. And I was like, see, I told you, this is a really good podcast. And it was the first episode I had listened to. And actually in whatever episode that was, part of the thing that I found so amusing was Hank was answering a question or started to try to answer this question, but he misunderstood what the person was asking. And he thought they were asking about Irish settlers when she was actually <laughs> asking about Irish setters, like the dog. The dog. And it was yes. so funny. It was amazing. It was so amazing. <laughs> yep. And in context, talking about the dogs made far more sense, but <laughs> he still was like, why are we comparing it all of a sudden to Irish settlers? Like people, I don't understand. It was great. Especially again, the banter of the brothers with mm -hmm. John being like, no, no, like the dogs. <laughs> it was great. It was really, really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, even in today's episode or this week's episode, they talked about like, they're like, our episode is just a bunch of bits like quilted together. <laughs> Yeah, I liked when they said that. But mm -hmm. it is true because it is like each little individual part could be taken on its own and they just, you know, ask or answer questions and, you know, talk about different random things. Um, in the most recent episode, they actually backtracked to the episode before it and they were talking about when this person wrote in about sneezing yes. because her allergist had told her that it's not normal to sneeze and which honestly I was really confused about that when they talked about it in the first place because I was like are you kidding me sneezing is like a necessary mechanism that pretty much everybody does I mean maybe to different degrees but like you know we all sneeze and so I already it's thought it was a defense mechanism against germs <laughs> right but I had kind of forgotten about it like while I was listening to it I was like this person's crazy why would you say that but then they went back to it this week 
and John could not let it go. <laughs> he was so fixated on it. And apparently every time he sneezes now, like the only thing that he can think about is that this allergist told her patient that it's non-normal to sneeze. And they just went on a whole thing about it that was really amusing. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Maybe that's why she went into the field because she was, she doesn't sneeze. and She's all these sneezers around her. She's like, people need me. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Hank said he might be a never sneezer. So maybe, maybe they're both just never sneezers. <laughs> Must be nice. Well, they also, this was crazy too. One of their listeners wrote in and had kept track of how many sneezes they had for like a year. year. And then they were taking, they were doing the count for this year also. And they're like, it looks like I'm on track for about the same. And they loved it. John was like, I love these kind of data driven emails. But I was like, why would you keep track of your sneezes? That never occurred to me. But then I was kind of like, hmm. I wonder how many times I sneeze. Maybe I should keep track. And then I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. I know. I just will. I'll, I'll forget. And I'll be like, I don't know, like five times. <laughs> like I'll have the most inaccurate count ever. Did I sneeze but, once then or twice? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm definitely not keeping track, but I did for like one moment have that thought. Like, I wonder how many times I sneeze. That would be mm-hmm. interesting to know. Maybe I should keep track. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, no, I want to be the person though, who would do that and do it well. I just know that I'm not. I mean, I would do it if a doctor told me to, cause they thought there was like an issue where they needed that data. Then of course I would, but I don't think I'm just going to do it on my own. Same. In this most recent episode, they also talked about Dr. Pepper Hot. Gross. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is, you know, like, if you ever had Dr. Pepper that accidentally, like, got left out a little bit, you know, like, I was thinking, you know, like, you went grocery shopping or something, and it had been in your car a little too long, and then you go to drink it, and it's warm. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's that good. So I don't think I'd want to purposely heat it up. That was a good try for a winter soda (laughs) apparently it was a marketing um like a marketing scheme that was done to try to take the place of like hot tea and other drinks during the winter because you know you don't need a cold refreshing beverage the same way in the winter so sales were dropping so the head of dr pepper was like hot dr pepper it's a thing i mean good try but i don't know it doesn't seem very appealing Lots of things are things that doesn't mean we like them. <laughs> right, right. Well, they did have a discussion around that about, you know, if your your role is like the innovator, you know, and you're like, we have to try these things. And then sometimes they don't work out, but that's your job to try to, you know, create something new or, you know, try something different. So, I mean, I get it. It was a, it was a good, a good try, I think, but just, I don't know that it works. Yes. Oh, nope. I also love in uh, every time they talk about aliens, because they do that a lot. Well, every episode, I don't really understand the origin of this, but every episode, Hank gives some kind of update about Mars, and John gives an update about AFC Wimbledon, which is a lower tier soccer team in the UK. (laughs) So I don't really know why, but they kind of have this battle, like they each have to, you know, 
give their update on their yes. topic. Mm-hmm. So they, they end up talking about space quite a bit, I think, because of that. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love the space talk. And in this most recent episode, one of the things they asked each other is like, what do you give? What do you gift to the aliens who have landed so that you can have a good relationship with the aliens? And they land on the on the the idea of gifting them a dog. And then they talk about how the dog would probably be able to communicate with the aliens and what would the dog say? And I was dying of laughter. I, I like, also love Aww. that John decided it was a corgi because the queen likes corgis, a corgi named Max. And so then when he would talk about the dog, instead of saying the dog, he'd be like, and then the Max? corgi named Max. <laughs> you know, through that whole thing, they were going back and forth about all of these things that they should give. And one of the things they were discussing was like a musical album. But the whole time I was thinking, what about the golden record that they actually launched into space? No, seriously. I was like, I what are their thoughts on that? Because like they actually have already sent a record made of gold out into the into space. And I was like, but what about that? And how does Hank not know about that? And why aren't they discussing it? You know, so we I've need never to sent do? them an email, but I kind of want to We ask as them. apartment 29A. I think apartment 29A needs to send them an email. <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah, I like it. All right, I'm gonna do it. We need to know. It's going to happen. Now Now it has to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll respond or talk about it, but I genuinely want to know what about the Golden Space record. Yeah, I don't know. Does it function? Does it work as a record? Like so, they, if, if the aliens had a Golden record player? <laughs> yeah, well, they may have missed an important little detail there i'm not sure if they sent something that's capable of playing it but also how would you power that i'm not really sure i'm gonna look up the details on million batteries (laughs) yeah right that was a very expensive record i mean gold is premium man and they legit launched a golden record into space so i'm gonna i'm gonna find out a little bit more about this golden record and then we're gonna email Hank and John, and we're going to see if they will comment on said golden record. I love it. Awesome. Maybe the maybe Max goes up in space with the golden record player. Maybe. Maybe. Except for now these aliens are going to have to wait around with no way to play the golden record for years. <laughs> Until we send Max <laughs> into space. <laughs> right. And What's the lifespan on Max? Can we extend that somehow? Is this like a... um... Maybe space stretches out the seven year to one year thing. Mm, So so the dog has more years. So he can live to infinity and beyond. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like this. So now we're setting Buzz Lightyear up with Max. (laughs) With the golden record player. (laughs) It could happen. (laughs) There have been weirder things. Especially For sure. in space, right? Yeah. Ooh, just think about the episode of Houston. We have a podcast that has to talk about the fact that Buzz Lightyear and Max are going up with the golden record player. That'll be excellent. <laughs> I very much look forward to that episode. And it's totally plausible. There are no problems here. This episode sponsored by Apartment 29A. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. 
So Hank and John, they're funny. (laughs) Yeah, they got a little bit away from us. We're a little funny. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can't help it if it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely listen. Even talking Mm -hmm. about Hank and John is apparently funny. So exactly. There you go. You never know what creative minds will come up with. Okay. Shall we compose ourselves and talk about a book? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about the book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. So this is a part of the Hunger Games world. It's a prequel because it is about snow. So it's about snow's childhood. And I, yeah. I'm mad at Suzanne. Suzanne Collins made me feel things for snow. Like it's not good, man. It's not and, good. And things that weren't just anger. Like I felt like sympathy and empathy and and hope. Hope that snow could be someone different. She made me feel those things. I agree. And then it made me really angry. Because obviously, if you've read the Hunger Games, you know that he is bad. So you're reading this prequel and you're like, I can't like him. I can't feel bad for him. I can't be sympathetic. I can't understand, you know, his plight because you know that he's bad. And you're like, I don't understand how he becomes bad. I don't get it. I, I feel like there could be a different path for him, but there's not. And it angers me. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. So, and it's one of those books that's like, I couldn't figure out how to rate it because it is well written Suzanne Collins is an amazing author in my opinion and but at the same time I was mad like (laughs) I was like I don't get you you don't get a happy ending per se you are you know the emotional roller coaster you've gone on I'm like I don't I don't know how to rate this book I don't actually I'm gonna have to look well by your rating system the fact that it makes you mad shouldn't actually play a role but by my rating system it definitely should emotions play a role just i just try not to let it be the only thing i care about whereas i'm like did i like it did it make me feel did i hate it did it make me angry i don't even care if it was well written as long as i enjoyed it (laughs) i mean that's not fully true but you know what i mean I did give it five stars. I gave said it the, four stars. <laughs> I said, so the truth is, this book is not very satisfying. <laughs> I was like, you don't get a happy ending, and the protagonist doesn't learn or grow in the way that you want him to. <laughs> this book was really hard to read, actually, because, well, for a lot of reasons. If you've read The Hunger Games, then you know it deals with a lot of issues that are are not easy to get through and it's the same obviously in this because this is a prequel leading up to what you see in the hunger games so it's difficult in that respect but also wanting so much for snow to be good and feeling so bad for him and seeing all of these things and the journey sort of of his friend and also of the contestant he's mentoring Mm -hmm. and it's just like you have this whole story and you just want it to be so different and you see how it could be different. Mm -hmm. And then it's like super quick. 
it all just like spins around and goes wrong and you're angry and it's mm-hmm. not cool and you're like and there's snow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah in the rest of my review says i love the depiction of the privileged suffering and that suffering shaping a worldview that focuses on the need for power to show dominance and that like that this book does such a good job of showing you how that desire for power can come about but it's not easy it's worth a read though i think if you Mm. have read the hunger games Mm -hmm. yeah you're not necessarily gonna like it yeah (laughs) you should read it (laughs) yeah so you should read it it's gonna i mean it just really stuck with me in terms of having a greater empathy for those who really do desire power because i tend not to not to own a desire for power like i like my station in life but i don't necessarily want more i'm more worried about equality but it helps me to understand those who have a different focus in life but yeah still really hard to read in the sense of you don't get what you want (laughs) but you know that going in i mean it's not a surprise because obviously you know from the hunger games that snow is the bad guy it's just how did you get there so you know that going in but that doesn't make it any better Right. Especially because you could see how things could be different and you want them to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, frustrating. And like there's been a, I don't know, kind of a theme lately in the past couple of years, at least in filmmaking, where like Maleficent, like we go back and we try to explain why like these bad characters are maybe not as bad in the way you think they are or even like more misunderstood Mm -hmm. and in the musical wicked like how the wicked witch of the west is understood and like how very different that is so it's almost like we were primed to think that this book is going to do something like that for snow but not quite not quite Yep. So good, though. All right, Megan, would you like to tell me about going back to the office this week? Sure. So uh, this week I started back to the office. We're doing kind of a, a trickling in, I would say. So I'm going into the office just for four hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then uh, some of my the other office locations are Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, depending on when we're allowed in the building due to Navy regulations. It's just been interesting. It's been fun. Some of it's been fun in the sense of getting to take my plants back to the office and maybe thinking about taking plants to other offices because I've done a lot of uh, propagation <laughs> since I've been at home and making my, pa- my plants. Quarantine hobby. Yeah, corn, exactly. Um, but also like trying to figure out or trying to remember how to get out of the house and to a particular location at a particular time, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. It's not the same as when you just, you just put makeup on when you want to put makeup on. You know, you just eat breakfast when you get hungry. Oh, no. Like, if you're going to be gone, you have to, like, prep breakfast in the morning. And that takes time. <laughs> you have and to the- plan when you're going to leave. And- <laughs> And I, like the first day, I, I mean, I wasn't that late. It was like 8.05 when I was at the office instead of 8 o'clock. But 
I definitely like still had flip flops on instead of like appropriate, more appropriate shoes. I was like, ooh, didn't quite get out of the house the way I thought I was gonna. So yeah, return An to the adjustment office. period though. Yeah. Yes. And I'm very thankful for the adjustment period. <laughs> if it was like going straight back to the office nine to five or eight to five, as I've been doing uh, Monday through Thursday right away, I just don't even know. I would probably just be like, I'm sleeping at the office. I can't. The adjustment is too much. <laughs> so I'm glad I've gotten to adjust more uh, gradually than that. Well, also, even though you're vaccinated, I think probably you still even if it's sort of subconsciously have some anxiety about returning and also like logistically just falling back into routines and seeing people that you haven't been seeing regularly. And I don't know, there's just so much that all of a sudden you have to readjust to, Mm -hmm. which obviously you've been going to the office more days of your life than you've been out of the office, but it's still, it's almost Mm -hmm. like starting a new job or something where you know that it'll be fine and you'll adjust to it, but you have that adjustment period where you have to figure out Mm -hmm. what time do I need to leave my house? You know, Mm -hmm. what's the best thing to take for lunch? Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that for like a month because we've known for a month that we were going back to the office, but I just still didn't feel really prepared. Like there's the difference between knowing that I have to have certain things done by a certain time and actually doing those certain things by a certain time (laughs) it's way easier to know them than it is to do them (laughs) yes so that's what I couldn't stop thinking about this week because I needed to be thinking about it (laughs) well but you had a successful week you went in you survived yep did all you made it through yep I did although last night I crashed like at like eight o'clock I was like I'm so tired Well, it's a lot. It's a lot of changing stuff. Same thing, like when you, you know, start at a new school, you know, or when you start a new job or, you know, anytime you're doing something that's like new and an adjustment, like even if you enjoy it or want it, it's just Mm -hmm. takes a lot out of you. Stressful. And I'm getting old. (laughs) Not geriatric, just old. I was so mad with that term. I was like, that term just should not even exist. Sorry, that's a side tangent. We, one of our friends posted a meme about our age range and where we fall with all of the classifications. And the new thing was, what was it? Geriatric millennials? No, that's wrong. Geriatric. Yeah. Geriatric millennials, I think it was like, get that word out of there. Do not call me geriatric. Just call me old. And I was like, I agree. When did we become geriatric? No, yeah. thank you. And at 40? No, no. Mm-mm. Just wrong. Just wrong. I agree. You can call me old, but not geriatric. Right? Oh, I was so mad. Well, show, tell us about your paper cutting. So the thing that I can't stop thinking about is paper cutting. So a little backstory as one of my new quarantine hobbies, I have been cutting paper and I started by doing some light boxes and I did them with some patterns. So I found some patterns that I bought online and then I cut out multiple 
paper pieces and put them together to make a light box scene. And then I started doing also with a pattern. So I bought a book of patterns, some flat scenes. So like to, to some animals and different things. And it was really fun. And so I was like, I want to try to make my own pattern. So I've been wanting to do that for a while, but I was a little bit worried about how it was going to turn out because, well, for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one being, I'm not usually much of a drawer. I'm not one to really draw very much. And that's mostly because I have a hard time making the thing on the paper look how I want it to. Like I'll know in my mind exactly how I want it, but that doesn't always translate to the paper. And then I get really frustrated and then I just give up, which I know is probably not the right thing. If I practiced more and kept at it, I'm sure that I would get better, but instead I just get frustrated. And so I don't draw very often. So I was a little bit worried about being able to make these patterns because I was like, I'm not sure I can get my, the ideas that I want on the paper. And then on top of that, figuring out which things to cut and which things to leave behind to actually make it work. And so this week though, I finally was like, I'm going to do it. And I made my first one. I made a Nautilus. Awesome. I made a Nautilus. I was so proud, mostly just because it actually looked like a nautilus because I was like okay I'm gonna do this thing but I don't know if it's actually gonna look like what it's supposed to look like so I was super proud that it actually looked like a nautilus when it was supposed to look like a nautilus and then I made a jelly jellyfish and yep yep and now I'm working on a different species a different type of jelly so I'm just gonna make a whole sea themed um a whole I don't know a whole collection of sea themed paper cuttings and then I was having all of these ideas for other ones, not even for myself or anything. I was just like, oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do this. Oh, maybe I could do that. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But yeah, I'm currently addicted to paper cutting. It's a fun hobby. Yeah, it's cool. The only thing is I need to try to see if I can make some patterns from these because the first one, I didn't think about it. I just cut it out and then was like, oh. Maybe I should have scanned this so that I could have it to cut again if I want to. Then I made the jelly and I didn't have access to the printer because a mirror was working and on a call and I was too impatient. So I was like, <laughs> mm, I'll just cut it out. And then that happened again with the second set of jellies. And so because I've been impatient, I hopefully haven't messed it up. So I still need to see if I can make them into a pattern because I don't really want to have to redraw them to try to cut them again if I want them. So fingers crossed, I can actually do that. Yeah, I mean, I imagine the worst case scenario is you could trace it, right? Yeah, that was what Amir said. He said, worst case, maybe I can just trace it and then turn it into a pattern which yeah. would be much better than trying to fully redraw it I that would just frustrate me because I don't draw very often I spent a lot of time making the patterns probably more than someone who's you know much more skilled than I am would so I spent such a long time drawing them and making the pattern that if possible like I just I don't think I could do that again right. <laughs> it was like a one-time maximum effort and finished but I did like how they turned out. So I would like at least the option to cut more mm -hmm. of them if I wanted. So I need to play around with figuring out yeah. how to make my patterns so that I can potentially recreate them. But I'm just happy that it's working. <laughs> like, yay. Mm -hmm. Well, and it would be cool if you could do like do something with the scanner because then you could actually like affect the size also. You could make bigger ones and smaller ones with the same oh, pattern. That's true. 
without having to work at it. <laughs> I had not considered that, but that is true. That's a really good idea, actually. So I'm hoping that scanning it in some way, shape, or form works. I just need to get my mom to send me X-Acto blades. This is my new thing because X-Acto isn't a brand here. Apparently there must be an alternate brand in the UK right. of a similar thing. I just don't know what Amazon it is. Amazon doesn't like suggest others. <laughs> well, <on> Amazon. <laughs> so yes, yes and no. Like I have looked up, I haven't spent like a super long time researching, but I have looked up craft blades and things, but a lot of them have like ceramic um tips yeah what is that called blades ceramic blades. blades yeah so I actually spent they're more expensive but I actually bought one to try and I thought it was going to be really good it's like a super fine tip tiny one and I was like oh this is going to be great especially for cutting small things they're supposed to last a lot longer than the metal blades they're not supposed to break because, you know, if you're not careful, you can actually break the tip off of the exactos. So I was like, this is going to be excellent. And then I got it. And not only did I think that it didn't really cut that well, but the biggest problem was the design of it meant I couldn't actually see what I was cutting because of the mm. design. It's like the, you know, because it's not a long blade. And so I couldn't actually see where I was cutting so it didn't work for me so I could try to look again but we've been getting them from somebody off of eBay but they just come in groups of five and they're kind of expensive so then I was talking to my mom and I was like if I look and can find them for cheaper will you maybe mail me some and she looked it up and they are so much cheaper and I'm <laughs> like okay I, I need to get them. And then Amir was like, maybe I should start selling exacto blades on eBay. And I was like, okay, yes. He would yes. look at it, look at it as a financial like, yes. opportunity. <laughs> I know. I was like, yes, it is true that this guy over the life of selling them has made quite a bit, but I was like, it is not worth it for how much you make off each pack, even though it is like a big uptick. But I was like, it is not. Yeah, you're not going to quit your day job from selling exacto blades in the UK, <laughs> right? Well, that's the thing. I, if, if you get them in, a... sell exacto blades in the UK. <laughs> I think we know which the better option is. The thing is, is like, it's a super good markup because I saw if you buy them in bigger quantities, you can get them for like 20 cents a blade or something. Whereas I've been paying like a pound a blade. So that's like, you know, I think the last exchange rate I saw was 140. So that's like a dollar 40 per blade. So it is a huge markup, but you're still not making that much when you're selling like a few blades at a time and you have to deal with you know shipping costs and packaging costs and fees and I was like this is not worth it but I was also like mom I need some blades so I need to I need to arrange somehow to get, to get a supply of exacto blades from the U.S. Uh, before we go we just want to say happy fourth of July to everybody so this will be coming out just right before for Independence Day. So yay. Yes. And um, also, Kate, if you're listening, happy birthday. Same with me. Happy birthday, Dad. Have a good happy one. birthday, Dad. <laughs> All right. Bye everyone. Bye. So okay. So are we ready? Uh -uh.
Okay, now that. I'm ready. I'm sorry. No, I can't stop. It started yesterday. <sighs> and it has not. I mean, it got better, but... Whew. Yeah, it's because you're adjusting to new schedules. And even though, you know, you know it's okay, you're like, it's still stressful to go back to the office and have... There's like anxiety and stuff, even though you know it should be fine. And, you yeah. know, there's like a lot to it. So you're yeah. allowed to be tired. Yeah. And we can talk about that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's do it. It's a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now are we ready? Yeah, I don't feel another yawn coming. <laughs> I don't think. Well, maybe. Hold on. No. Well, it's because I talked about it. <laughs> but then you make me do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need this tea to wake me up. I'm just still, like, thinking of the headline, like, lawyer quits job to sell exacto blades <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen 